This is an NC Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. Welcome to the NC Baptist Podcast, the podcast designed to engage with ministry leaders around topics that will explore approaches and resources to help us be on mission together. It's because of your generosity that this resource is available. Learn more at ncbaptist.org slash give or contact us at communications at ncbaptist.org. Welcome back to the NC Baptist Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Mike Pittman here, Send NC Director with NC Baptist. Today we're sharing with you three things a church planner would do differently. Joining me today is Barry Murray and Antoine Lassiter. Welcome, guys. Hey, what's up, Mike? And glad you guys are here. Uh, let me tell you who these guys are. Barry is an NC Baptist Great Commission catalyst serving in regions three and four. Antoine is one of our Send NC church planning strategists. And something that we all three have in common is that we've all been church planners, and we are all very passionate about being on mission together with NC Baptist churches in planting and sending. Church planning is on your minds day in and day out. I know this because the three of us have an ongoing conversation that revolves around planting, planters, and and really how do we get the gospel to every region, city, and town in North Carolina. For me, my team and I, we planted our first church in 2010. Barry, your latest church was Point Church Fort Bragg in 2020. Um, but with that in mind, when did you first plant? So our family moved to the state of Maine, little lake town in North Waterboro outside of Portland in 2000. So we planted 20 years between church plants. Wow. And in that time, after you guys planted, you went on and did strategist work, working with NAM up there in New England and, and just all throughout Maine. Yeah, um, in 2012, we our church planted some churches out of our church, and then in 2012, uh, I began to work for the North American Mission Board and did that in, until uh, we moved back to North Carolina. Excellent. I'm glad God sent you home, right? Amen. Antoine, what about you? When did you plant Think Kingdom? We planted in 2016, September 25th. 2016. Yes. Know the date and the time. Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Well, today, like I said, we're going to share with our listeners three things that church planters would do differently if they were planting again. And when I shared this topic with you guys, both of you laughed when I shared shared <laughs> yeah. it with you. Yeah. What was so funny about the topic? Because you only said three things. <laughs> well, this, I got a, a running journal just based on things I would have done differently. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna write my uh, dissertation on what not to do in church planting. Right, so, right. I have a PhD right. in doing and things what not to do. And what not to do. <laughs> we so, know yeah. everything about what not. You know, I jokingly say to uh, planners when we're training, I tell them, I say, you know, I knew a lot more about church planting in 2009 than I do today. <laughs> And sometimes it takes them a while to figure out what I'm saying there. But, you know, before you plant the church, boy, you got it all figured out. Yeah. You've been to the conferences. You hey. read all the books. Hey, 
books, right? I go write a few books. Yeah. <laughs> you could write a book before you play it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I knew a lot more in 2019 than I do in 2023 yeah. about planting churches. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to jump in and talk about all of that. So as we get ready, it's March Madness, right? And we are literally recording this on the day that brackets will close. And we're going to list our top three, right? We don't have time for the final four, right? All right. So we're going to go with our top three, but top three adjustments. And guys, let's do this. Let's do three, two, one. So we'll leave them hanging. If they want to get our number one, yeah. our number ones really are number ones. So we're going to close with the number one thing that we would all do differently. Barry, let, let's start with you. You have planted uh, multiple churches. So if you were planting another church, What's the number three item that you would do differently this time around? Yeah, so as I really thought about that, I believe the uh, number three thing would be to focus on understanding the new community that I moved into um, more quickly and in a a better way. That's great. So understanding the context of the community. Drive down into that. Yeah, so um, I, I would spend all of my time early meeting new people in the community. I would just do interviews with 15, 20, 50 people, maybe that didn't know Jesus, that didn't go to church. And I would just say, hey, uh, can I ask you some questions? Can I learn from you about this community that we live in? And I would just, I would connect with them, build a relationship with them, but just hear um, about my new community, what they understand. Uh, we moved into a military community, has a very unique, specific, you know, it's just unique. And so to learn from the people who live there, I would talk to pastors. And I did these things, but I didn't do them as quickly or as in a focused matter. I would talk to school board members. I would talk to community leaders. I would just, man, I would spend all of those first few months hmm. just building those relationships and listening and learning in a posture not not so much worried about hey what's the next step of our church plant but how can i learn about this and 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 one of the things that we just learned in our church plant is that we had so much to learn about our context that literally after launch a couple years later right Uh, we're going oh man this is where we really need to be mm -hmm. focused this is who the people are that god's called us to reach. And uh, I did go out and meet people and I had conversations. I think, uh, honestly, I spent some time thinking and worrying about whether the church was going to lift and and whether or not we could move forward. I really allowed that to occupy me rather than understanding and knowing my community. And I think that should have been my job for the first quarter when I landed on the ground. Just being present. That's good. You know, part of Send Network training, like one of the early um, sessions that we do is about missional engagement and creating that missional engagement strategy. And we talk to these guys about that, you know, uh, so much about how are you going to engage your city. And it's amazing how many people, their engagement strategy is Sunday mornings. That's right. And uh, that's good. Yeah, that, that is good. Antoine, what what about you? Remember, we're going three, two, one. What's number three in Antoine's world? All right. So for me, um, there was too many voices. Like because I didn't go through uh, the church planning training that we have now, I was going to everybody's conference and I was reading every book. Mm-hmm. And so I go to one conference and this is the way you do it. 
And so I would go back, and that's the way I would do it. And I didn't even think about my context. It worked for them. It'll work for me. Right. So I was I was a serial uh, church planning conference uh, participant. So <laughs> anything about church planning, I would go. And then, you know, I probably felt uh, schizophrenic to the team because this is where we're going to do it. That's right. Because, you know, this guy's successful with doing it. So that's how I did it. And then I read somebody's books like, well, this is how you do it. So it's right. too many voices too early because I didn't have a systematic training about church planning. So whatever voice that was speaking about church planning, that's the voice I was looking listening to. Mm. So I would do that completely over, man. That's so good. That's so, but it's to your point. It's the context. Taking the trainings and understanding the context in which I'm in. Right. That's good. So, um, Mike, what was yours? Um, <laughs> fundraise, fundraise, <laughs> oh, yeah. and more that fundraising. Yeah. Write that one down. Fundraising. <laughs> yeah. um, nobody trained us to fundraise. That's right. And so um, – Therefore, we really didn't do it. Uh, I remember we wrote a letter one time, and it just seemed really, really weird. Um, we didn't have a sending church. We had nobody coaching us on fundraising, and therefore, we never raised a dime outside of the the body. So everything that we did, which is kind of might might be super biblical, right? But, <laughs> but but that being said, well, it's not because the church should be ministering to the church and sending out churches, right? But with that in mind, um, man, today the first three sessions of our training literally is fundraising. Yeah, we spend three weeks like pouring in and teaching these guys how to do this and concepts and principles and and coaching them up. And, um, you know, it's probably the hardest thing for a church planner to start to do because it it feels so weird to continuously be asking people for money. But I honestly believe that fundraising probably when you're talking about the things that you would do. But I would say to you, knowing your story and knowing you, Mm. you did a really good job of fundraising. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I would say with Barry's, like if I was going to start with community context, I mean, the other thing I'm doing, I'm probably spending the rest of my time uh, being a great fundraiser. Yeah. And even though the Lord really did bless us financially, because we were doing a good job of teaching stewardship within the body, um, boy, we could have gone so much further had we fundraised on top of that. Uh, man, it really would have helped us to level up uh, with our structure, with the success that we were having. It would have been uh, yeah. really great. Okay, that's a great start. Let's go to number two. This time we're going to start with Antoine. Uh, Antoine, what is the number two thing that you would do differently if you were planting again? So I didn't include my family. My family was all for church planting. They were bought in. My sons were younger at the time. Um, my wife was all in. But I didn't include them in the journey, so to speak, Mm. because I felt like the bullets that missed me would hit my family. Mm -hmm. So I was overly protective. Like I wouldn't share the nuances. Now, I would wear it on my face. I would be stressed out. But I never really shared with my family like these are the frustrations because I thought it was up for me to carry it. So if I were so I was trying to isolate them instead of insulating them mm. with the word of God and making sure that they understood 
um, the journey included the entire mm. family. And so for me, it was like, no, I got this. And my wife would be like, what's wrong? What's going on? And I didn't want her to worry, but she was worrying because she saw me worry. So it was just the, this process that I was in. Right. So I would definitely do that different. That's so good. I remember when we were planting, that's like we were like the complete opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember vividly sitting in the living room and having a conversation with the family. And I remember um, us almost – it's almost like we were covenanting together. We are a church-planting family. Yeah, that's good. But, you know, our journey was so long to that place. Like we were just kind of all in at this point. My kids were old enough to really understand it yeah. and – uh, 10 and 14. And so, man, we were all in probably too much. And so I might have even been the complete opposite of that, where, where they did they did know every single thing just because of where we were at. But, man, that's really good. He's setting the bar high, Barry. What about you for number, number yeah. two? So I'm, I'm going to stick with the family theme. Uh, we moved. So we moved from the state of Maine all the way back to North Carolina where mm-hmm. we're from and I did not prepare myself or my family for you know the the huge challenges that come with that kind of transition. So I'm overly protected. Yeah. <laughs> and you're uh underprepared your family. Man, yeah. I, I mean and I think some of this is connected to I had planted before, I was feeling the pressure of, of kind of having some success. Yes. And um I, I don't know that I really depended on the Lord as much as I, I should at that point. And mm-hmm. I knew to, you know. And uh but I, I didn't prepare my you know, my fourteen year old son um moving to a new place, going to a new school. Wow. My my younger yes. son who's adopted, moving to a new place, going to school for the first time. He'd been homeschooled before that. Wow. And uh, my wife who had stayed at home and in Maine, and then moving back to North Carolina, she starts a new job. And so there was just all of these transitions where, you know, we were almost 50 at the time. We got kids in college. There were just so many life transitions mm-hmm. that connected with the transition of moving to a new community. And it's I wanted to hit the ground yeah. running and didn't really stop, depend on the Lord, care for my family. And, you know, I, I did, but I sh- certainly didn't focus on it like I should. And uh, we all felt the the effects of that and the pressure yeah yeah and uh after a couple years and and the church kind of got off the ground and god's just been so good and faithful my wife said to me wow you're you know you're you're normal again i can i can tell that you're in a good place there is a mindset that you have in that the phase that you feel like everything depends on you and you, you you know it's like you have to make this work and then the pressure of your family, even to your point, Mike, about fundraising, all of that plays into your head, man. And you're grinding, right? You're That's just right. grinding all the time, and we're just pressing through, and yeah. it just it just absolutely impacts everything, right? Yeah, I think the weight of of planning a church. That's why. You know we're friends like we are. That's why we yes. you know, a band of brothers. Yeah, right. because Absolutely. because you 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 have a you have a weight that you really can't describe to a whole lot of other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's really good. Yeah. So Mike, what about you? <laughs> I thought long and hard about this one, and it's only number two. Yeah, it's only number two. <laughs> well, I know number one, but number two was like there was a, a few things. Man, I think. That for us, that I would do everything in in my power um, to not stray from groups being the center mm-hmm. 
of all things. We were we're so focused on Acts two forty two through forty seven, and we were like, man, like this is like the most real thing we have in Scripture of what the early church looked like, and and so we wanted that to be reflected in our church, and so we started as a small group that became four, and the four became six really quick, and the six by the time we went to launch, we had nine mm-hmm. small groups. Nice. And we would tell the church, the church, you know, the group was the center, and like this is church, like for you guys, like church is not when we gather on Sunday morning. Church is what you're doing on Tuesday or Thursday or when, whenever their group night was. And um, man, I'm telling you, we outgrew the model. Is what happened. Mm. Um, man, I would do everything in my power uh, with our leadership team to to use groups to make disciples. Um, that that within your groups would be your deepest relationships. We would use them to raise up leaders. We would use them to do pastoral care. We would do them. We would do missions through our groups, um, and we would also, you know, be so intentional about making, reproducing, and and eventually multiplying groups. Groups would be our strategy, and. Everything we did on Sundays would be fueled by the work of the group. That that would be like groups would be centered. That would be that makes total sense, bro. Yeah, yeah. And we started that way, and it was so sweet. And we just outgrew the model. Like we didn't have, and it will really play into my number one of how we got to that place. I mean, that's really what I would do. Okay, well, we're down to number one, the top number one thing that we as church planners would do differently if we were planting again. But before we get there, let's take a quick break to share with our listeners about an incredible resource that you guys can use this year to pray for NC Baptist, Send NC Church Planners, and Missionaries. Prayer is our first and primary strategy. Join other NC Baptists on mission together for a focused prayer initiative throughout 2023 to pray for unreached people groups in North Carolina, NC Baptist missionaries, and church planters. Visit PrayNC.org to sign up for weekly emails and download resources or text PrayNC to 919-925-6525. Follow at NC Baptist on social media and download the NC Baptist mobile app. Thank you for committing to praying for the nations. And we're back. We're finally to number one. Number one. Number <laughs> one. <laughs> We're talking about the the top three things that we as church players would do differently if we were doing it all over again. You guys ready? Yes. Okay. I'm going to start this one. Uh, for me, and I kind of alluded to this in my number two, um, because I believe in my gut that churches plant churches, the number one thing that I would do differently would be more in-depth, clear pathways. And, and when I say that, I'm, I'm talking like dis, 
clear disciple-making pathways, clear leadership development pathways, mm-hmm. even a clear apprenticeship pathway, like from day one. Um, and, you know, we had pieces of all of those yeah. things when we got started. But, man, when I look back, um, part of the things that, that caused, like, the group thing to break down was the fact that we weren't reproducing leaders the right way. Uh, we weren't producing enough, and eventually the model that we were running began to break down. And, boy, it was hard to work on it. And we never got it back to the place that we started with it. You know, and I say this, guys, we're talking about creating these these clear pathways that are going to do these things because we believe that churches plant churches and we want all churches to be sending churches. I mean, you guys know this to be true. A reproducing church that isn't reproducing at all levels will eventually tap out their greatest resource. Mm-hmm. It's not money, right? That's right. It's people. That's people it. is the greatest resource. So, man, that's from, good. That's good, bro. From day one. Yeah, man. That's just where it is. So that's my number one, creating just more in-depth, clear pathways. Barry, what about you? What's your number one? Well, man, yours is yeah, so good and, be hard. and so important. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. Like Mine is, is, is on leadership, but it's really leadership of self. Um, mm. Man, this is, is really a humbling uh, and, and vulnerable thing for me, but – when, when we stepped into this, I had spent many years in church planting and worked for the North American Mission Board and in a, in a catalytic role. And, uh, man, I, I just wasn't in a place where I was focused on my own uh, physical health, spiritual yeah. health, emotional health. And I wasn't leading myself really well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I would, I would go back, and, and I, I believe God called us, and, and I stepped into that place, but I wasn't focused on those things i was severely overweight um and and that you know the the pressure of church planting just kind of added to that and um that affected my emotional health and and it affected my physical health and and i mean my my spiritual health and uh god's been really kind and, yes. and he's changed some things in my life and i'm, I'm super excited about that and and I'm, I'm a new man yeah but the pressures of church planting I mean, that that only compounded the challenges yeah. and the pressures and i would uh, i would tell every every church planner that they need to they need to care for themselves first um their their relation with the lord their own physical relationship and and just their own health emotionally as well and I think that's – so you took my number one, <laughs> so I had to readjust. But to your point, I think, like, you may can see physically uh, my struggle, but the emotional health piece, it bleeds out as you're planting, as you're preaching, and you're leading people. Yeah. And so we, you, you look the part. You may not be overweight, whatever that thing is. But I, I found also how I was running to my identity in the number of people. Uh, my identity was anchored in everything else right. except God. Jesus is Lord. And and so I think that piece, but because I can't use your number one, my number one is similar to both of you in, as it relates to leadership and development. So I, I put for me, um, I went fast but not far because I carried everything on my shoulders. I was trying to be mm-hmm. the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a picture, remember the voices? 
mm-hmm. and remember my family. I didn't want my family to feel the weight of ministry, so I put everything on my back. So when people left, I took it personal, and so I had to be a better pastor. I had to be a better leader. So I would just infuse myself with all this information, my and that's what it is. It's in my head, but it wasn't getting into my heart. Uh-huh. And the toil of the grind. You know how we always say that um, church planning would take your lunch? It will if you're if you're not anchored, that's right. You're not humble. You're not, and I didn't have people speaking into that space because you try to protect. It's a fragile thing, right? right. It's like I know I'm called. Yes. I got a few people following me, so I'm I'm being confirmed. But it's so fragile, and so when someone would tell me, "Hey, you need to slow down," I thought they were against me. <laughs> they were giving me wisdom. And so I started um, like covering my ears, la la la, like not wanting to be corrected, not wanting to be mentored. And so if I had to do it all over again, I would realize that the sun doesn't rise and fall off my shoulders. That's right. And just I think I think our number one is similar is leading self and also developing other leaders. That's right. Because even when you scale it, you can scale it off your grunt and your grind and your grit. But you're going to need some help, brother. That's right. <laughs> you're going to need some help right. regardless. Hey, so, that's, yeah, that's my one. Man, man, that's good stuff. We can talk about this all bro, day. We bro, need to we just get started, <laughs> yeah, man. Right? Just, yeah, that's got one A, one B, one C. Right. So, yeah. There's so much. What's half a thing that you did right? Maybe we could do that one, too. <laughs> yeah, there you go, half a thing. We might we might have a half, right? And, uh, man, I'm so glad that you guys joined me and uh, – my spirit is lifted, man. Yeah. I'm edified by these things that you guys have said. And and to all of our listeners, thank you for hanging out with us. I want you to know that Send and See is all about churches, planting churches everywhere for everyone. And if you are interested in church planting or if you want to learn how to get involved in a church plant, connect with us at sendnc.org. Also, I want to encourage you to get connected with your Great Commission catalyst in your region, Barry is one of those guys. Barry, how can our listeners get connected with a Great Commission catalyst? Man, it's super easy. Connect with your catalyst by going to ncbaptist.org slash catalyst, and that's where you'll find a clickable map of the state and more information about your specific catalyst in your region. NC Baptist, you can listen to more NC Baptist podcasts just like this one at ncbaptist.org slash podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. Because of your generosity to NC Baptist, this podcast, along with other helpful resources, are made available for you. Learn more by visiting ncbaptist.org slash gift.